appreciate it. I appreciate that. So, uh, I love to sing these old hymns, and uh, we're going to sing another one this morning. So, uh, Jason's going to put the words on the screen, and uh, a lot, most of y'all know this song, so y'all sing it with me, if you don't mind. That'll help me out. <clears throat> Trials dark on every hand and we cannot understand all the ways that God would lead us to that blessed promised land. But He'll guide us with His eye and we'll follow till we die. We will understand it better by and by. By and by when the morning comes when the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we've overcome. We will understand it better by and by. Often cherished plans have failed, disappointments have prevailed, and we've wandered in the darkness, heavy hearted and alone. But we're trusting in the Lord, and according to His Word, we will understand it better by and by. By and by, when the morning comes, when the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we've overcome. We will understand it better by and by. Temptations, hidden snares often take us unaware. And our hearts are made to bleed for some thoughtless word or deed. And we wonder why the test when we try to do our best. But we'll understand it better by and by. By and by, when the morning comes, when the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we've overcome. We will understand it better by and by. By and by, when the morning comes, when the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we've overcome. We will understand it better by and by. Well, you can tell your friends tomorrow that you sang the special at church yesterday. They should have been there. You really did. 
If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54, and we'll begin looking at verse 10, verses 10 through 12 for the new sermon series. We've been talking about our one word, and uh, if you've not gotten your one word yet, Tina did a good job with her testimony this morning about encouraging you to uh, don't rush it. Take your time, pray, let God bring it to you. And uh, the, the idea behind this series is going to really dovetail into the one word real well because we're going to talk about reboot. Reboot. So those of you who have a computer, uh, sometimes your computer starts running really, really slow or it freezes up and you just don't know what in the world to do. So what do you do? You reboot. Control-Alt-Delete, right? Control-Alt-Delete. That doesn't work. You do the hard shutdown. I don't know what that does. But somehow it clears things out, shuts things down, kind of gives you a, fr a fresh start. And so that's the idea behind reboot. Sometimes uh, we need a reboot in our attitude. And all God's people said, <laughs> yeah, sometimes we need a reboot in our attitude. Sometimes we need a reboot in our way of looking at things. Sometimes we need a reboot in, the, in our prayer life or our time in the Word, our connection with God. And so we're going to talk about that for a couple of Sundays, probably three or four Sundays, on um, asking God for a reboot. Uh, clear some things out and uh, kind of get a fresh start here as we look into these passages of Scripture. So look if you will with me. In uh, Isaiah chapter 54, Isaiah's prophesying to some folks that are really going to be in a hard time. They're going to be in a difficult situation. They're going to be taken captive from their city. And God is promising them a reboot. It's going to come a time when they're disobedient. They're going to be uh, disciplined for that disobedience. They're going to be taken away from their home. Their city's going to be in a bad place. Their temple's going to be in a bad place. And look at what God promises them in verses 10 through 12. For the mountains shall depart, the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. O you afflicted one. Tossed with tempests and not comforted. That sounds like somebody needs a reboot, doesn't it? He says, I'm going to lay your stones. Now, he's talking about the temple, but he's really talking about the people. Think of this as a metaphor. Think of this as a picture for your life. I'm going to lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, all your walls of precious stones. I recently read about an artist in Europe. He's an anonymous guy who's been doing some um, street art. What he does is he finds these potholes in the streets and he makes these colorful mosaics out of them. I'll show you a picture of a couple of them. Uh, and you can see as, the, um, as you look at the picture that it starts out with kind of a pothole, but then it's been, it's been filled in with a beautiful mosaic. Jason's going to just kind of go through those for a little bit. Here's the interesting thing. The guy's anonymous. He doesn't want to know, want anybody to know who he is and what he's doing, but he goes out at night. The police have stopped him a couple of times. He's explained what he's doing, and they've given him permission to keep on going. And he's, he's making it safe but he's also making it beautiful. And it's sort of given the sidewalk a reboot. And, uh, and I think it's probably given some people walking on the sidewalk a little bit of a reboot because instead of seeing the pothole, instead of seeing something ugly, all of a sudden in the middle of this ugliness, there's this beautiful little patch here. And some of the ways he does it, it almost, it's, it's interesting how he can do it, it almost looks like the sidewalk's peeling away and revealing something beautiful uh, underneath it. Uh, as I read that story and thought about that, I thought, boy, our God does the very same things, doesn't he? He can fill in the ugly places in our life 
with his grace and his peace and his mercy, and he makes something beautiful out of it. God is the God of reboots. So that's what I'll talk about today, how God can take some of those places in our life that have gotten frozen up, some of those places in our lives that have gotten overflowing with the wrong kind of stuff, overwhelmed, and uh, reboot, refresh, reset our lives. And here's one of the, here's a couple of the reasons why I want to do this today. A couple of reasons why I feel led to do this. Part of it is it's easy just to kind of accept things like they are. Well, it's just kind of the way life is. It's just kind of the way my way it's going to go. It's easy to feel like life will never change. It's easy to feel like the ugliness of things just going to, the way it's going to be, it's going to be depressing for you. It's easy to forget that beauty can exist in the middle of ugliness. And God can do those kind of things. If you look back in Isaiah chapter 54 again, he's telling the nation of Israel he's going to do a reboot. And I want you to see when he talks about the mountains depart, the hills be removed, my he's talking about the kind of impossibility kind of a thing. Even though if this could happen, my kindness shall not depart from you. Now listen to that word, kindness, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy, kindness, peace, mercy. Sounds like reboot, doesn't it? Sounds like beautiful things that can go into some of these potholes of sin in our life. Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempted and not comforted. You're laying awake at 3 o'clock in the morning and don't know which way to turn or what to do. And then it gives the picture of a building. I will lay your stones with colorful gems and your foundations with sapphires, your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and your walls of precious stones. Nobody does that. You rebuild with concrete, right? You rebuild with cement or wood or something like that. And, and God's given them the picture of, I can take where you're at, no matter where it is, no matter how things are going, no matter what kind of difficulty you're living in, I can rebuild it better than it was. I can give you a reset, a reboot. I can put some, even though it may look ugly all around you, in your heart, I want to fill that in with my love. I want to fill that place in, that void that you fill in your life. I want to fill that in with my peace. I want to fill that in with my mercy. Instead of you feeling guilt over your sins, I want you to experience the forgiveness of Jesus for your sin. The word reset the Hebrew word that means reset only appears, as far as I know, one time in the Bible. And it actually is translated that in the God's Word translation. Look at Isaiah 54, 11, of all places. You suffering, comfortless, storm-ravaged person. <laughs> it's the city, but that's kind of like, like talking to us today. I will rebuild your city with precious stones. I will reset. I'm going to give you a reboot, your foundations with sapphires and sometimes we need that in our hearts don't we we got hearts that are marked with with sin or hearts that are marked with desperation or hearts that are marked with hopelessness or apathy or discouragement or just feeling like that same old same old keeps going on over and over and over and God says look I'm going to take my kindness and I'm going to take my peace and I'm going to take my mercy and I'm going to do something in your life that's sort of like a restart uh, you know, his compassions are new. How often? 
Every morning, some of y'all like Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. Mercy is anew every morning and change lives is God's business. God is in the transformation business. That's what he does. That's what he likes. That's what he enjoys doing. If you like remodeling houses, if you like HGTV, which is never on at our house, but it's on at a lot of people's houses. If you like doing the, uh, an ugly house, doing something beautiful, God does that. God's in that kind of business with people, with families, and with churches. And so we want to see how that happens because truth is, a lot of you have had a spiritual reboot at times, haven't you? When you got saved, you got a spiritual reboot. There's times that you've rededicated your life, you got a spiritual reboot. There's been times in your life when you fell before God and got a, got a reset. And maybe it's time for that to happen again. I heard a pastor read a letter uh, not long ago. It's from the Easter service a year or two ago. And a lady, is a, it's a large church, the lady that attended that day, um, it's the first time she had been, ever been to church. She was in a bad place in her life, decided to go to church. And this is, she decided to attend Easter. And uh, this is what she wrote. Now think about this. She's never been to church in her life. Goes to an Easter service at a large mega church. And then she writes, I was not prepared for what I experienced. <laughs> that can happen at a large mega church with a big production and, you know, Everyone was smiling and happy and welcoming. The love on their faces immediately made an impact on me. When people started singing, all of their hearts, tears started flowing down my face. You never know when you worship in spirit and in truth the impact that has on somebody around you. Now, you don't worship to have an impact on somebody, but there's an there's a atmosphere in any worship service, and every one of us contributes either positively or negatively. Just think about that. When she heard people singing, smiling, the joy on their faces, tears started flowing down my mouth. This is before the sermon ever started. I didn't know any of the songs. Watch, listen to this. The way people sung them stunned me. I could feel God the first time in my life. I realized I was experiencing something that I had been searching for all of my life. At the end, I prayed the prayer of salvation, and the tears started flowing again. I don't know what my next step is, but I know the direction of my life was reset the moment I prayed. I like that word, reset. The moment I prayed that prayer, please help me know the next step. She got a reset, didn't she? And what I want us to do today for the next several weeks is to pray and ask God, God, we don't want to just resume we want to reset. We want to re refresh. We want to, in fact, I even put it out on the church sign this week. I just asked the question, do you need to pray and ask God for a fresh touch right now? Just need to pray for, for God, a fresh touch right now. And, and, and here's the thing. In the last couple of years, you've been through a lot, right? Maybe you've been through a lot the last year. You've been through a pandemic. You've been through some travel and social uh, restrictions. Uh, people that you know have passed away from whatever reasons, uh, bad medical diagnosis some of you've had, you've seen such divisiveness in our country. Uh, some of you may have had financial reverses, war in the Ukraine. You've been disappointed by people that you trusted, people you banked on, people in leadership or just your close friends. And people are saying things, and I hear people say things like, I just want life to be good again. I just want life to be, get back to normal. I just want life to be like, be like it was before the pandemic. I just wish people would go, come back to church. I wish the COVID political stuff would all just go away. Well, guess what? It ain't going to happen. 
by the way, things weren't perfect before the pandemic, <laughs> just in case you've forgotten. And uh, you don't go back, okay? You, we, there's no going back to that. But here's what I want to say. Hey, let's hit the reset button because God has never hit pause on you. God's never hit pause on his church. God's never hit pause on witnessing. God's never hit pause on blessing us. And I think some people have kind of used the atmosphere of devices and anger and, and, and you know, streaming videos and all this kind of stuff to sort of hit pause on their relationship with God. And the idea behind the reboot is it's time to hit unpause, okay? It never was time to hit it, but some people did. Kind of took, took a seat back, took a step back, just kind of watched things. But now's the time. It's been way past time to say, all right, well, it's time to reboot, reset, and go after Jesus with all of our hearts. The word Tina shared this morning is a great word to think about how, Lord, can you use me to make an impact on somebody else. Let's talk about three things we can do. Three things we can do to kind of prepare for a reset. First of all, pray for a reboot. Pray and keep on praying. That's what the Bible says. In Matthew 7, the Bible says, uh, ask and it shall be given to you. The word literally means ask and keep on asking. Ask and keep on asking. You say, well, how long do I pray for a reboot? Till you get one. <laughs> Just keep praying till you feel like you kind of get a reboot. And hopefully your one word is going to help you here. I know my one word is helping me. My one word is real. And if you take that seriously, if I take that seriously, get real with God, that will result in a reboot. Tina gets serious about being a servant. She's going to have a reboot. God does new things. Look at Revelation 21.5. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things what? New. And he said to me, Write for these words are true and faithful. God is not into old and boring and the same old, same old. If that's what your life always is, now I'm not talking about your routines, you know, you may be in a situation where your routine's kind of the same a lot, but your experience of Jesus, your walk with Christ, your opportunity to serve Christ should not just be same old, same old all the time. God's doing new things. Look at Psalm 51.10. I love this in the message translation. I'm studying this this week. I looked in the message translation, and I love the way it says, God, make a fresh start in me, shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. And David had been guilty of murder and adultery. And if anybody needed a reset, he needed one, right? And hopefully you've not gone down to that place in your life where you're guilty of murder and adultery in the last couple of months. Hopefully you're doing a little bit better than that. But isn't that a great place? Isn't that a great prayer to pray? God, give me a fresh start. And when God created the heavens and the earth, it said that the, the, the earth was formless and void. It's kind of like chaos. And God spoke and brought something beautiful. That's the idea of a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. And so it starts with coming to God and admitting where the chaos is, coming to God and admitting, I could sure use a reboot. And so here's your weekly growth suggestion this week. Here's your weekly growth suggestion. Memorize Psalm 51.10. If you want to do it in whatever version you want to do it in, I just want to challenge you. And I know some of you are going to say, oh, I just have a hard time with my memory. Well, the good thing about that is it forces you to go over and over and over it again, right? If, and to say it to somebody. Husbands and wives can say it to each other. Put it somewhere where you can see it. If you want to do the message translation, fine, whatever translation, but pray something like this this week. God, would you do something fresh and new in my life and the life of Hopewell Church? 
Aren't you, about, aren't you ready for some beautiful things to fill in those potholes in your life? Aren't you ready for those attitudes to kind of be reshaped by something beautiful that God does? Can you imagine if you and your family prayed that together every day for six weeks? What might happen? What might happen at our church? We prayed that every day for six weeks. God, do a reboot. Do a fresh start. Make something beautiful and fresh and new in the life of Hopewell Baptist Church. That would be a great thing for us to do. You know, the NCAA has changed their rules a little bit. And they, um, athletes can now earn money from doing different things. And I know we all have different opinions about that. But I heard about, I read a story about a guy. Uh, we'll not debate that today, but I read a story about of a guy, and um, his name is Anthony Leal. He plays uh, basketball, actually. And uh, when he found out about the, this opportunity, he did, he, you know, did what a lot of the guys were doing, did some endorsements and signing autographs and things like that, and, and made thousands of dollars doing it. And this year at Christmas time, uh, for Christmas, he took the money that he made and paid off his little sister's, five, our big sister's, five-figure student loan. Now, how about that for a reboot? <laughs> That's a pretty good reboot. Hey, what, and I tell that story, not to get you thinking about should they pay college athletes or not. I tell that story to say when you pray and ask God for a reboot, there might be something really cool that God shows you to do. Maybe something really interesting. I want you to throw your mind open and say, God, show me something fresh. Show me something new. Show us a different way to really bless somebody's life. Second thing I want you to see is the pinpoint what needs to be changed. Pray for a reboot and then pinpoint. God, get specific with me. What do I need to change? What, what's the biggest pothole in my life? What's the biggest place that would make a difference if you did a, a reboot? Because here's the thing, nothing becomes transforming until it becomes specific. And so, and hopefully that's what you one word helps you to do. Lord, as specific as I can, pinpoint that place in my life, that deal in my life that I've been kind of glossing over and kind of been kind of, you know, ignoring, kind of been trying to push to the back bur burner. And let me see, Lord, let me see what you have for me. Because sometimes, we start saying things like, you know, that debt that's climbing up, it's really not all that bad. I'm really not that much of a procrastinator. My marriage is fantastic. My relationship with God is fantastic. If you say that and the, con and the evidence is to the contrary, you might need to get honest with yourself. and Say, so, you know, a person who loves Jesus probably talk about it a little bit more than I do. Or maybe they would pray a little bit differently. Or maybe they'd be of greater service to the community. So I'm just asking you, Nothing becomes transforming to become specific. Ask God specifically in your, watch this, in your connection with God. Because that's going to flow into everything else. Ask God in your connection with God, in your relationship with God, where's the best place? Where's the best place for you to have a, a reboot or a reset? And here's the reason I say that. Because a lot of we water our relationship down with God so much. And we kind of get to the place where we say, when you come to church occasionally, and you're fairly nice to people. You don't really hurt anybody. Good Christian. And it's so much more than that. So much more. It's a whole different thing. And say, well, I go to church a couple of times. I don't really hurt anybody. And I try to be a pretty nice person. That's a whole lot different than being an ambassador for Jesus. It's a whole lot different than being a godly person who seeks to live the Jesus way of life. It's a whole lot different than somebody who says, I want to represent Christ to the world. I want the world to come to Jesus. I want to see people all around the world through, through the prayer life of me and my church family. I want to see things happen. I, God, I want to be transformed, not just kind of be kind of a nice guy who goes to church 
occasionally. It may be when we look at our lives and realize, and it takes the Holy Spirit to point this out, and I'm not trying to put anybody on a guilt trip, but I am trying to do a reboot here. It takes the Holy Spirit to point out, you know, if I look at my life, I'd have to say, I probably love social media more than I do Jesus. And we would never say that. That sounds awful to say. But we know that the people who are most, especially teenagers that are most depressed, are the ones who spend the most time on social media. And that's that's what you grab. If you grab social media the first thing in the morning before you grab your Bible or your prayer time, it's hard, but that may very well. I said may very well mean you're kind of in love with that more social media. Look forward to your TV show that you stream. Look more, look more forward to the news. Look more forward to the sports game, whatever, than you do worshiping God, spending time with God, and, and how you can impact the world for Christ. I'm just saying, you have to ask yourself and be real with the Holy Spirit and say, where is it that I need to deepen my connection with you? Where is it that I need to hit the unpause button? Because a lot of people hit the pause button on worship, hit the pause button on Sunday school, hit the pause button on witnessing, hit the pause button on a lot of these different places and guys look now if you're sick you, you know you got problems and issues and people have asked me is it safe for me to come back to church since the pandemic and I've always said ask your doctor but church sure shouldn't be the last place you show back up at <laughs> right ask your doctor we have, and we have people that are sick that that cannot come to church because of some some physical limitations now and the one probably that has the most of that is one that's very involved in church prays for church, serves church, comes when she can, does those kind of things. It does, listen, don't hit the pause button on God. He hasn't hit it on you. So what about that connection with God? Where's that connection with God at? I read the story of a lady named Alice Park this week. Alice Park grew up in a Korean Christian family. And she grew up in a family where she felt she wasn't. And she says, you know, it wasn't my parents' fault or anything like that, but I felt unseen. Her oldest sister was beautiful. In her eyes, her oldest sister was much more beautiful than she was. Uh, her younger sister was the baby of the family. She felt like she got the baby of the family attention. Uh, her brother was the firstborn son. And this is her words, the firstborn son and our Korean family get special favor. They are of an, that's an elevated status. And so she said, uh, you know, I just felt like everybody was better, prettier, more athletic, taller. I just felt like I wasn't seen, like I just didn't measure up. In addition to that, she was sexually abused as a child. And so she grew up low self-worth, feeling left out, feeling like she didn't belong. Of course, you know where that's going to go, Right? It's not going anywhere good. I mean, she did well in school, but it led her into an abusive relationship with a guy, uh, led her into immorality, drugs, that kind of thing. Ended up having a baby out of wedlock, and it was around that time that she realized, and my life is just spinning out of control. My life said it's, a really, it's already in a really dark place, but it's had in some really dark places. She decided to go to church. She was raised in a Christian home, and, uh, and so she decided to go to church, And the thing she said that changed for her was when she found some people in a small group. She went to a large church, but she found some people in a small group that started to pray with her and help her and teach her some biblical principles. And and she said all of a sudden, her life that was been marked by immorality and and marked by debt and marked by loneliness and all this kind of stuff, she said all of a sudden, um, uh, my my, my pressure got got, got replaced with peace. 
The hurt got replaced with healing and resentment and destruction got replaced with better choices. And she began to experience God's forgiveness, began to experience God's principles, began to experience God's will in her life. And she said, staying connected to a church family was huge. Even They even taught her how to tithe and budget and give. And she said she was able to just about, she's almost completely out of debt now. And here's her words. She said, I will never go back to that old way of living. Why? She got a reboot, amen? <laughs> she got a restart. And that's better than anything the world can offer. And last of all, I would say it's time to start making some preparations for a reboot. Time to make some preparations. Time to start asking yourself, are there some things that need to go? Are there things that need to be put in? What needs to happen? Do I need to clean the pothole out a little bit, confess some sin, get rid of some habits, get rid of some routines, get rid of some some structures in my life that aren't helping? Do I need to, to add some things into my life? Do I need to add some friends into my life? What is it that I need to do to really start preparing? Because here's the thing. If you're going to have a reboot, you have to kind of clean out. might be some mental cleaning out, some spiritual cleaning out. But it takes some humility to come before God and say, boy, Lord, this is just like a dirty old pothole right here. And I need some mercy. And I need some kindness. I need to know a new way of looking at this thing. Our missions committee helped our church do a little bit of a reboot this past year. Um, we got ready to, uh, we had some money the, the, um, the church had designated for the missions committee to um, bless some people around the world with. The missions committee got, felt led to ask Rob Jackson. Some of us had had uh, some time with Rob. He um, is president of a ministry uh, that concludes the Ukraine. And we had given some ministry to uh, some money to the Ukraine for international missionaries and things like that. And the missions committee asked me, said, would you call Rob and just see if there's some kind of, he's been in our church, is there some kind of way we might uh, connect with somebody in the Ukraine or a need in the Ukraine he knows about? And so I called Rob and I said, Rob, you preach our church, you know, you know is, there, is there a place that um, you feel like we might do well, a place you feel like Hopewell will connect well with? And he said, Yes. He said, there's a guy there. His name's Pastor Grisa. You can put his picture up there, Jason, for us. Pastor Grisa. And uh, Pastor Grisa was born in 1963. He has five children, six grandchildren. And uh, when the war in Ukraine started, uh, he was already pastoring his home church. He'd been, he'd been to seminary for several years. He'd pastored a couple other churches. And he was pastoring his home church. And he said the, when the war broke out, it was much worse than they ever thought it was going to be. The extent, the length, all of it, much worse. And a lot of people in his condition fled, right? Fled the Ukraine, got out, went somewhere safe, that kind of thing. And Pastor Greeson and his wife, his family, they decided somebody needed to stay and minister to the people that were there. Of course, there's hardly any money. And so we're supplying the first several months of support for him. Uh, there's hardly any money there. He's also a vice president of his Baptist Association in charge of evangelizing 138 churches or helping 138 churches, which is a non-paid position. They just got their electricity turned back on. They've been without electricity for a good, for, for a good while. And here's the interesting thing. That, that's, that, to me, speaks of a reboot because I would think, what, Run. <laughs> out of town, get somewhere safe. And he said people are fleeing through their region, and so they're ministering to these people that are fleeing through their region, and God's given them a heart for a community about 15 miles outside of Kiev. And they've been going there, ministering to about 200 people. Um, 
If they can find food, they bring food in there. If they can find clothes, they bring folk clothes in there. They bring the gospel in there. And they are right on the verge in that community of devastation, planning a new church amongst those folks. Now, guys, when you look at your situation and say, not what is the safest thing and not even what's the easiest thing, but what's the best way God can use us to impact the kingdom? That's a reboot for most of our minds, right? It's a reboot for most of our attitudes. And so this morning, I want to challenge you. I want to encourage you to ask God, God, as you think about those potholes, you think about those mosaics, you think about Pastor Grace, and these other stories I've told this morning, Lord, where do I need a reboot in my life? And Lord, I'm with you. I'm ready to start that direction. Would you stand, please, with heads bowed and eyes closed? With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Pastor Greece has said that that new community, 15 kilometers outside of Kiev, they've already seen several people open their heart to Christ. There are Muslim people there reading the Bible. Don't ever know what God might do. Maybe in your Sunday school class. Maybe in your prayer life. But I want to encourage you today to pray and say, Lord, would you do something fresh and new in my life? Lord, would you help me to see some kind of place in my life that is sort of spiritually ugly. And God, I ask you to fill that in with your presence, your love, your mercy, your peace, and make something beautiful out of my life. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you're a God of reboots. I thank you, a God of resets. You're a God of restoration. Thank you for that, Lord. I thank you nobody's too far away. Nobody's messed up too bad. Uh, nobody's too entrenched in the life that they live that you can't do something fresh in all of our lives. And so, Lord, we ask you to show it to us today. We ask you to prepare our hearts, prepare this church, Lord. Prepare us, Father, for a reboot and a restart and a reset this year as we get ready to live it with you. With heads bowed and eyes closed, Lisa, play softly.